Hello, friends. It's another episode of the Third and Twenty Dynasty League. Start. Nope, sorry, messed that up. Another episode of the Third and Twenty. The what? Dynasty the, pod. What was that? I was gonna say Dynasty League. I don't know why. Well, we are in two leagues together. Maybe that's why we're talking about three. We're, in, three more than, we're in more than that. No, JC. two, two Third and Twenty Dynasty League. Oh, okay, okay, uh, okay. We're watching right. this intro. Jesus Season three, episode Christ. ten. I'm sorry. We're on to week four slash week five. We're talking about week four. We're moving on to week five. A lot went down this week. A lot. Um, all right. So uh, probably the biggest news, uh, I'm just going to lead off with this, is from the Thursday night game. It was Tua. Tua was just – it was questionable whether or not the Dolphins should have even started Tua this week on, on Thursday. People were wondering as it happened. He took a big hit. Um, in the Thursday night game against the Bengals, back of his head smashed against the ground, and immediately he was doing what they called fencing, where kind of like lost motor function, especially in his hands. Um, luckily, he has movement in all of his extremities. The MRI came back fine, and now he's just in concussion protocol, which I say just. I mean, concussion's like a serious injury, but like considering what could have happened, it could have been way worse. But that has sparked protocol changes along the league. It's gotten a doctor fired or a specialist. I forget what their official title was, but someone's been fired from the NFL. Um, Just crazy stuff coming out of Miami. I don't know if there's that much actionable advice here from a dynasty perspective. I mean, you're probably just... Two has already been ruled out for this week. Maybe he's out for another week. I don't think he's going to be out for... A crazy amount of time though do you guys i i think it's gonna be longer than you think just because of you know the spotlight that that game was on on a nationally televised you know thursday night game and on top of the fact that doctors have been fired and um protocol changes have been put into place due to this this injury i think he's going to be held out probably i would say closer to th- four or five weeks i i, I really oh, do I, you think a whole think, month to no tour i i wouldn't i would not be shocked now uh, on the other hand if it came back and he was you know missed one week misses this week against the jets and then he's back i would also not be shocked but i just think it's one of these injuries that you're not going to know how it is until it happens just because it's a concussion it's not like he pulled a hammy and you can go oh it's typically this amount of time it's a head injury which is different to everyone and the the scrutiny that the Dolphins have received because of it, I think they're going to lean on the safer side and hold them out a few extra weeks on on that. Um, and with that being said, I think the only interesting thing that could come of this is how real is Tua? I think we'll really get to see it. If, you know, Teddy comes out and struggles, I, I think it's going to really put a an emphasis on what Tua does for this Dolphins team and make him people realize actually how valuable he he can be, but it could it could go the other way where Teddy or Teddy looks exactly <laughs> the same and he's worth nothing. Classic so th- Dolphins truther move to take this injury and then spin it into well, when Teddy struggles, we're gonna see how good Tua is and he's gonna be worth even more. Like just yep. spin zone that into a positive segment. I, <laughs> yep, I just Tua is gonna be worth even more when Teddy goes out there and throws for 100 yards on 12 tar- uh, twelve attempts, it's going to be horrible. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, the Dolphins are playing the Jets, where I think uh, it's probably going to be the Raheem Mostert-Chase Edmonds show for the most part, I would think. Yeah, um, I would assume so. 
there's no i don't even know if i want to ask this question okay you know you already did just, just you're, you're already you already we'll in. cancel you what are the thinking. twitter doctors saying are they saying this is going to be like a nine oh i haven't injury? i haven't like, seen is there, any is there long-term no ramifications i i haven't seen any those guys love to get on their soapboxes, though, in, in virtue signal. But like, and you know, like a lot of them like want Mike McDaniel's head for this. Yeah, but it's like, it. if two is coming to you and saying, "No, I'm fine," and the and the, the doctors, doctors are saying the same thing, like you're yeah, gonna play yeah. him, yeah. Is isn't it their job to say whether or not yeah. he can play? Not make, like I guess Mike McDaniel can well, override but, and say, "No, you are not going in." But it's not his job to be but, like, "Oh, yeah. you're injured or not." Yeah, and not only that, it's 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 a weird situation for Mike McDaniel to be like, I know more than you, doctors, like people that went to school for forever for this, whose literal job is is this, like I know more than you guys, like I'm sitting Tua. Now hindsight, twenty twenty, like Tua probably, well, definitely shouldn't have played that game, but like I'm not putting the fault on Mike McDaniel. No, I don't. I don't think you can possibly put the fault on Mike McDaniel. I know. I saw somebody say it is his fault, and they brought up some some story. You might actually remember this, Frank, of Mike Tomlin holding out Ryan Clark from a game in Denver because he has sickle cell. Completely people, different. I agree. Yeah. I think it's a completely different scenario because, like, that's something that's been done before Tomlin with people with sickle cell in Denver. It's just like a it's a known thing. Um, and he chose to do it even though Ryan, uh, what's his name? Ryan Clark, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ryan he, Clark. Well, yeah, he had almost, he had played in that stadium before and had hugely negative, potentially life threatening consequences, like completely different scenario than, Oh, in the middle of the game, this thing happens, you know, the doctor said probably saying to you that he can go back in, you're trying to win the football game Tua probably wants to go back in. Oh, he a hundred percent did. Yeah, all right, let's, let's move on, though. I'm getting tired of this one. All right. Um, moving us on to a season-long injury, Devontae Williams tore his ACL um, and other parts of his knee, too. Well, from what I read, it's essentially yes. the J.K. Dobbins injury part two. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get to J.K. Dobbins later in this episode, but pretty brutal for Devontae Williams, who was ranked in that like top five RB discussion. It looked like he was just about to start fully breaking away from Melvin Gordon too, who like for some reason no longer can handle it, like hold on to the ball, Melvin Gordon. Um, now we're looking at a full year without Javante Williams. This 2023 class coming in, which has, <laughs> I mean, depending on who you ask, four or five top top running backs. I don't know. Wait, what's oh, so funny, Jake? Joe. A bear has said, I held myself out of dessert because I was full. I take full responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> I, pre- I respect me. Um, All right. Actual impacts of this. First off, Mike Boone, probably the most popular waiver claim of this week. Does he have any chance of now being the Melvin Gordon no. in this offense? No. Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice. Fool me like five times, Mike Boone. Like it's not happening. I'm not believing it. They signed Latavius Murray. I think Latavius Murray has a way better chance than Mike Boone. Um, and Melvin Gordon, he's still there. But yeah, there, well, yeah Melvin, the Melvin Gordon will also now, be there. But is Melvin Gordon in that range where he can 
be a top 24 back, not in terms of dynasty value, but in terms of he can produce those type of numbers running back Absolutely. without Javante there? Uh, I think so. I don't know. I Listen, I'm still going to say at some point this Broncos offense has to click. It has well, to. All right, all right, let me they have this. to figure it out. Is Kareem Hunt top 24? Yeah. So what about like a – there's there's a lot of like these pass catching backs that like sneak into the top twenty four without you knowing like like I'm sure Naheem Hines is probably gonna come close I think J D McKissick will probably come close um, there's yeah. there's a lot of these guys where you start to dwindle down you know who could make it into the top twenty four do I think Melvin Gordon will be like a fine like flex play sure but I don't like him as my running back too. I don't want no, Melbourne but you were. If you have him, you weren't planning on it for the season anyway. Well, if you so had Javante, it's, just, it's and... just kind of found found money. If you have a, if you were a Melvin Gordon roster, what's the price tag on him? You guys think? This I second? saw I saw a, a league. Now this isn't the actual, but I saw him get traded for a twenty twenty four first. Oh, <laughs> I wow, I, I, <laughs> wow, I, I, I think. I think oh. he's comfortably in that second range. I would not give up an early second for him. I probably myself just wouldn't give up a second for him, but like he's comfortably in that second range, I would assume. He has to be just because if you're trading for him, you're clearly going to be a contender and just looking for points this season. So I think he he's going to demand a second at this point. Um, yeah, I'm going to be selling Melvin Gordon. I, I hope I still have him in the third and 20 league because I'm going to be sending out some trades. <laughs> now you sent him to me, Jimbo. Oh, oh dang. Yeah, yeah, no way. Sucks. Everyone who's listening, do not give Jake a first. For I, I would be... Uh, I'm just going to keep him. I'm, I'm going to keep him, I think. I would be easily offering out Melvin Gordon for a second. I look at other running backs that I felt like have reached a second round pick or lower in recent times. We're talking about guys like James Conner, James Robinson. Um, there's definitely a couple others that I'm, that I'm not thinking about off the top of my head. Le- but Leonard Fournette have, probably got close once mm-hmm. he Yeah, Leonard Fournette. Might, I just think if I'm going to – and on top of just keeping the second to use it or, or in a different trade, right, I'm going to pay a second-round pick for a 29-year-old running back who I could struggle to get a third for – before the Javante injury. Now the Javante injury is going to catapult this guy into a second-round pick. Yeah, I I will sell on that easy, even as a contender. Yeah, I I agree with that. Um, All right, well, speaking of old running backs, we have Cordero Patterson is now on IR. Um, It was a knee issue that he was struggling with prior to this week, and then I guess it just got re-aggravated and they need to do some kind of minor procedure. But from what sounds like he should be back sometime later on this season, um, seems like sooner rather than later, but I, I don't know. Not a doctor. Um, but this leaves that Atlanta Falcons backfield wide open. You have Caleb Huntley, who kind of took over uh, last week, along with Tyler Algier, who, according to that one model, was the top running back of all time. <laughs> That's a meme from earlier episodes. Um, so you got those two, but then you also have I'm going to get this right. It's Damian Williams, not Darrell Williams. Damian Williams, who uh, has been out, but is expected back in, in these next week, this next week or two. So those three guys, I think there's someone else, Parker Hesse, maybe. I don't know. There's, there's someone else on this team. 
where we have a very ambiguous Atlanta Falcons backfield. What are we doing with this this bunch? I'm okay. sending in a waiver claim for Caleb Huntley. 100%. I'm if I have a couple leagues I'm dropping full budget on him. I don't give a fuck. Full um, budget. Full budget. All, all or nothing. Um he's to me a potential home run swing that I'm willing to I maybe I won't go full budget. Maybe I'll go like a decent chunk, but I'm going to be fucking getting them. I can guarantee you I'm going to be the one getting those claims if I have bad. <laughs> um, so, Frank, if I pick up Caleb Huntley in every single league that I have more fab than you, will you trade me the exact amount of fab for them? Yeah, I might. I don't care about <laughs> fab. I don't care. Um, Damian Williams, but... I, yeah, Joe is right. Damian Williams, I think, could be interesting, but I, I think... He's just going to be rostered in a lot of leagues. I know that I have Damian Williams in a couple leagues personally, so I imagine that trend is going to continue across others. I'm not going to buy into any of these guys for actual capital, though. I, To me, like I, Caleb Huntley seems fine, but I just think he's going to be behind Damian Williams in this backfield. I just... I don't think Caleb Huntley is actually a good running back. I think they just played a kind of soft run defense where the game script, I wouldn't say favored the Falcons, but they definitely wanted to run the ball more than pass as seen by how bad Marcus Mariota was. I think it was more of a statement that they ran it so many times. Um, I just don't think these guys are going to be reliable long-term. You know, because first off, I, I just think Cordell Patterson also will be back in like maybe four or five weeks. And I think when Cordell Patterson's back, he's he's the guy yeah, as seen by the first four weeks. Um, All right. I don't know if you guys have anything to add to that. But if not, we do have one more injury to talk about. It's my guy. The one that I was touting as the wide receiver one who has produced somewhat, but hasn't fully popped off like Drake London and Garrett Wilson, and that is Traylon Burks. He has turf toe, the dreaded turf toe. Um, way worse for running backs than for uh, receivers, but I think Devontae Adams is who comes to mind when I think of turf toe, and that really caused him to struggle, what would you say, that was three years ago? Yeah, 2019, I just looked it up. Devontae Adams had uh, turf toe, Um struggled with it i don't know guys what, what are we doing about this first off rest of the season what's the outlook on trail on burks we don't know how long he's out for we don't know what's going on second is there any wide receiver to trust on this titans offense yeah there's no you're one muted, jake. jake you're muted but there's no one to trust on this offense no <laughs> shot no yeah there's not all right <laughs> fair enough but no, all right no one to trust i Maybe Robert Woods is a little bit more consistent, but even then, it's yikes. I don't even trust Derrick Henry at this point. I know he's been going off recently, but like we saw what he did the first few weeks. I know that's typical Derrick Henry starting slow, but I don't know. This team just seems off this year. I I wouldn't be terribly scared of still starting Tannehill, though. I just feel like this is going to be one of those we're going to rotate a lot of personnel. We're going to use some wacky formations. I'm not scared for Derrick Henry necessarily. Um, now, I don't have – I've traded all the Derrick Henrys in the world, but um, 
I, I, I find it hard to imagine that he's going to struggle because of Traylon being there or not being there. I don't no, know it, has nothing to do with, it has nothing to do with Traylon. It's just, in general, he's getting older and the Titans don't look as good, that kind of thing. I just think that, the, um, to me, that's more of an offensive line issue than it is their weapons issue. Um, I mean, Joe's going to be in the chat saying, uh, Kyle what's Phillips. his name? Yeah, Kyle Phillips. That uh, Kyle Phillips is going to show that he's the true rookie wide receiver one from this team. Yeah, doubt. Um, the problem <laughs> I have is, does someone like JT Rumor Mill starting up here, does someone like Will Fuller end up on this team? No. No? Like, like is Will I'm Fuller just not sure just he dead? fits the offense. But where is Will Fuller? Is he just gone forever? Like, is there no Will Fuller? Apparently. I think he might be waiting for the playoffs to shape up, to come in and ring chase. (laughs) I I mean, if you want a division to join the Titans, AFC South, there's no good team there. Like, the Jags looked okay, but they just got pretty much trounced by the, the... They won the first quarter against Philly and then got destroyed after that. And then you have the Texans, who are the only team to yet to get a win. And... The Colts, who Matt Ryan just looks old at this point. Like, he's old. Um, they don't look like a, a playoff team either. So, if I'm Will Fuller, I'm looking at those Titans. There's plenty of room for my opportunity to grow in that offense. And, I don't know. It, it seems like it'd be a good payday. So, yeah, no one's lower on <laughs> Burks because of the of the injury, right? No. No. But I would hold off on buying him and just, you know, wait for a couple more bad okay. or zero point weeks you know like i think his price is just gonna go down before it goes up i agree um i think i do, i do think the Traylon window is opening right now if you wanted to buy yeah, i think i think, I think it's enough kicks in the shin for Traylon owners that some of them are going to be yeah. getting pissed off I, I think it started to open a little bit when you had drake london and garrett wilson just going off and then i guess kind of chris olave too and and maybe dotson but now it's like and, kick yeah, well, there's a lot of good wide receivers going off. But now it's, like, kicked open at this point because you're going to have all these good guys and you're going to have a Traylon Burks who didn't really produce a whole lot when he was there. Like, he he did with the limited opportunity he had, but he had limited opportunity, so what's that all about? And now you're going to get at least a couple games of zero points. So, I don't know. I think there will be a very good time to buy Traylon Burks. Um, all right, moving us along, though, to... Our next segment, the welcome back to the league, or or welcome to the league in some instances. Um, and starting us off is Kenny Pickett. Uh, Mike Tomlin was quoted saying, uh, Frank Frank's team, Mike Tomlin was quoted saying that they need energy. Like, this team needs some kind of spark. They took Mitch out at halftime, uh, put in Kenny Pickett. His stat line does have three interceptions. It also has two rushing touchdowns. Um, so he actually had a decent fantasy game from, from a one half perspective but i get all right first off just get an easy question out of the way is mitch dead like are, are we just yeah he's dead uh, yeah no more as no a more as a starter he'll stick i like i don't think he's out of the league i think he'll stick around as a he's like a, a okay i think type. for like this season he might be dead he actually did yeah. have some nice throws uh in the game but it is like tom would said this team did need energy and I'll be the first one to admit, Kenny Pickett looked pretty impressive. 
obviously the stat line with the three interceptions doesn't look great. One of them's a Hail Mary. So are we really going to, you know, say that that's a huge deal, right? The three interceptions. One was just on a dumb throw, which he's going to immediately want back, right? It's not like he he knows it uh, or doesn't know it, excuse me. But he did bring this this offense some energy. He was way more willing to take shots down the field, I feel like, than Mitch. Um, especially just seeing the shots downfield. It just feels like Kenny Pickett, when he's in there, maybe he he's a little bit too gunslingery, but he's not missing players that are open down the field, whereas you can go back and watch the games with Maserati Mitch. He was taking deep shots. He was just missing the open ones, which was the more frustrating thing. I don't know if that will continue or not because we're going to have to see a lot more at it at a Kenny Pickett. But from what I've been hearing around the dynasty sub Twitter talking heads on ESPN and everything, I think people are massively underpricing the Steelers offense right now. Well, let me start off by one. I would much rather my rookie quarterback be like that gunslinger kind of player than a very conservative. I mean, we'll look at like just the previous two years. It's the Justin Herbert versus the Tua. It's the, you know, Trevor Lawrence versus kind of Mac Jones, Justin Fields more so maybe. Uh, you know, these guys just aren't making those big time throws, which is what you want to see out of quarterback. So I'm all for Kenny Pickett chucking it, um, even though, you know, some of those might end up in interceptions. But I mean, with the receivers he has and like Claypool, um, I just mentioned Claypool first because he's the one that kind of he chucked it up to and then he gave the interception away a little bit. Um, but Claypool, Pickens, and Deontay Johnson, I think he's got those guys that can just go get up and get it, like if you put it in their vicinity. I do agree with you, Frank. Um, I mean, I haven't checked keep trade cut, and I'm not sure if it's going to accurately reflect the change so far. But I have to imagine that Deontay Johnson's probably taken a bit of a dip just because George Pickens got targeted a bunch. This team's looked pretty bad. But I'm very much in on Deontay Johnson right now, as as I am with all of these kind of receivers. I think I think this is a boost for this receiving team. Um, the only one that I'm kind of fading the noise on right now is um, George Pickens, just because I don't think that 35% target share is is sustainable i think it's i think at the end of the day deontay johnson's the top dog this is similar to what we saw with joe flacco and, and garrett wilson like it's just that they had that rapport with each other from training camp and everything kenny pickett wasn't really getting much of the first team snaps like he's going to be more acquainted with george pickens than he is a claypool or a deontay johnson so with that i think it will regress but i like them I like all these receivers. Yes, Jake. I hammered George Pickens at like fifty <laughs> plus yards over the weekend, and um, I think I, I forget <laughs> it was what looking the bleak first half. Plus two eighty or plus four hundred or something. It was ridiculous. Mm. Um, yeah, I just think the thing is for me with this offense, I think is being underpriced. Though is that everyone will admit the Steelers have weapons, but. They don't want to admit that the offensive line has been showing remarkable improvements from last year. It hasn't been completely all sunshine and roses, but especially in terms of the pass protection, this offensive line unit has taken major strides from last season. And now that you saw the quarterback change give a little bit of a spark, Kenny Pickett 
making some some just better off platform maybe more consistent i think that was the problem with with mitch is that you look at some of his best throws i mean he was making some fucking dimes but then the other couple of plays in the drives and for most of the game he's missing stuff and and not making any plays at least pickett is is doing doing with some level of consistency he's the same quarterback it seems like every play it's not this complete roller coaster that ends up not scoring any points all right, this is where, sorry, I, I'm getting sidetracked a little bit, but this is where uh, where I'm saying I'm fading the noise on, on George Pickens. He's rated as wide receiver 21-1 right now on keep trade cut, while Deontay he Johnson's... He jumps that much? Yeah, while Deontay Johnson's wide receiver 28. And I just think Deontay Johnson's the top guy on this. Dude, did like, you I see want that Deontay De- Johnson. Do you see that catch he almost had, Deontay, from mm-hmm. Maserati Mitch? Mm-hmm. That He's, this dude is making the most ridiculous. I mean, that's a centimeter away from being a touchdown. Yeah. Wait, so I still like George Pickens, but like, I also like the other guys. And in, in dude, case if of you Deontay can Johnson, flip Deontay like for Pickens plus, I'm sorry, Jake. I like Pickens too, but that's that's just a good move. Wait, you mean Pickens for oh, Deontay yeah, P- plus? Pickens for Deontay plus. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I I, I don't have any doubts that Deontay is the receiver one in Pittsburgh he has been and he will be I just think the we've seen that you could have a pair of receivers be successful together and I think he's a guy that is better than Claypool and he showed exactly that this this week so I wouldn't be surprised if Deontay still gets his as the number one but Pickens is now the clear two because just because of familiarity like you said um you know practice time basically with Kenny Pickett um and obviously George Pickens, it, we all think he's super talented, and I think that's going to start to shine through as well here. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to move us on now to the flip side of the field. We had Zach Wilson making his return to the New York Jets against the Steelers, and he had a solid game too. I mean, they came away with the win. He caught a pass from Braxton Berrios. He caught a touchdown. Um, I, I don't know, guys. I think Zach Wilson, I – I liked how he played against the Steelers. I mean, Frank, you're a Steelers fan, so you probably watched this game more intently than the rest of us. What, what do you think? Well, this is a tough one because uh, I really do like Zach Wilson. I'm an adamant Zach Wilson truther. And, yeah, I was very pleased, I guess is the right word to say, with how Zach Wilson played. I think the the first couple drives of the game, you definitely saw the rust, but – I think it might have been the fourth drive. He he started to get in a little bit of a rhythm. Um, and, yeah, the box score isn't the prettiest thing, but the, the massive improvement that you saw, which was a huge issue of his last year, and this is an issue that has plagued some of the top quarterbacks, and we've seen them blossom when they overcome it, and it's the damn ball placement. He was on fire against the Steelers, especially in the fourth quarter. I mean, last season, he was throwing screens in the dirt, anything anything over the middle. He was throwing low and not letting his receivers run after the catch. It was not the case. Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore and Corey Davis, all three of them were able to benefit with these yak throws. And I mean, one of the one of the big throws I saw was in the fourth quarter. Um, I think it might have been a third down on that drive where they got the go ahead touchdown. He, he was probably half a second late on the throw. I think it was a five-step uh, five drop, one hitch. He took an extra hitch. 
make his drive in from center field onto Corey Davis, but he he threw the ball back shoulder, saw Minka, even though he was half a second late on the throw, but had the ball placement to actually complete the pass downfield. If we continue to see this, I would be very happy, and I think Zach Wilson owners would be very happy. That being said, that being said, right, I started looking around. I looked at the Jets subreddit, and guess what the most upvoted post was? We need another That's our franchise quarterback. Okay. And I know the Jets are going to start running away with this, and so are the other Zach Wilson truthers. So I kind of want to ask you guys this as more unbiased people. I had Zach Wilson before the season and before this game at at least a 23 first in value. May, definitely on the later side, right? Maybe not pick 12, but somewhere around there. My valuation has gone up from that because I, I think that was a good performance from him. Are you hard? Like, what is your opinion on that? Is he just in the mix and paradox, hard selling, hard buying? I wouldn't buy him. I wouldn't give a first for him. Not this I, year. I, I would give a first, but I, I just think he's in that mix and paradox where I'm not giving up a a high first or anything. And I think that's probably at this point what's going to be wanted. Like I, I've been saying he's a buy for a while now, but his, his what his price was on keep trade cut, I felt like wasn't accurately representing what Zach Wilson was actually worth. And then, I mean, even looking at that, the trade finder seeing what he's getting he was getting traded for again i just kind of felt like that wasn't accurate um yeah i mean a lot of people are trying to lump in some other quarterbacks into this class such as will levis but i think it's a very clear two-headed monster in bryce young and cj stroud and then after those two guys like i'm I'm good. Like I don't want any of them, really. Um, no, but I. But this class has you know good running backs and good wide receivers. Yeah, but this I'd class rather take than than Zach this, Wilson. This I class think, has given this me. Point. This class has given me some doubts in the terms of like, okay, like, was it already overhyped? Because I mean, guys that I've really liked, you can throw a bunch of excuses at it, and I, I certainly will. But like Keishon Boudé and uh, Quentin Johnston have not looked as great as they, as what I expected. Um, Jordan Addison's definitely been fine. Jackson Smith and Jigbo, when healthy, has been fine. But Josh Downs has actually been pretty good. Um, but like our in Superflex, which is what this Dynasty podcast is about, like quarterback is king, and Zach Wilson's currently looking to me like he might jump i think he's already had a mac jones in terms of worth i think he's um certainly over justin fields at this point like he, he's moving himself up into that tier of like he's a fringe quarterback one at this point like like people are starting to look at him like he can be that quarterback one and when you look at that young wide receiver core that he has and garrett wilson elijah moore i'll lump Corey davis in because he's actually a very good third wide receiver on that team um he seems set up for success. Like he seems like someone that's ready to be a very good quarterback. So yeah, I'm not going to give up like a top five pick in this draft, but will I give up a, like a pick eight, nine, 10? I'm hard thinking about, I, I'd hard think about that if I'm looking for a quarterback. No. I mean, even more so 
you might be able to flip one of these young receivers into him. Um, something along the lines that you don't have to necessarily buy him with draft picks, but yeah, I, I agree. I'd rather not have to give up the draft pick. Um, but all right. Yeah. Sorry. Anything else? I just felt like that was, that was exactly what as a Jets fan, aside from him going nuclear, right? Exactly yeah. what you wanted to see from Zach Wilson. Just take, for the most part, take care of the football. He had, I think two picks. One was off the hands of his tight end. It was a high throw, but it's not like you, you know, it was like a horrible interception threw it right to a defender, you know, Carson winced it. Um, and man, he just looked imp- improved, but I, I, I might be trying to buy. I don't really know what the price is. It's, I think the problem is, and is that it's just more than a first, right? I'm thinking, am I going to sell for a projected late 23? I'm probably just going to keep him on all my teams. I don't think I want to sell for that. So he's exactly the mix and paradox. Yep. <laughs> uh, but that go. doesn't mean that you might not be able to get him for a smidge more, right? We're talking, what if, what if someone is not a, an adamant Zach Wilson truther and you threw in uh, a two for three swap on top of the late first that might start getting someone thinking that they're getting an overpay off of one performance, which they might very well be. Cause is that, that Steelers defense looked shitty without TJ. Watt. I'm not going to lie that pa- we had one dude that could, that could actually rush the passion. That's it. Yeah. And now they have a divisional game against the dolphins. I think he should be all right in that. And then, um, then they play the Packers, where Bailey Zappi had a couple uh, touchdowns against them. I don't know. Like maybe you could string together a good couple couple weeks in a row to really start getting the ball rolling. If the, if Brees Hall continues to play well and improve, and they have that running attack kind of churning, then I think that you're going to see a lot of weeks where he's just kind of in that Ryan Tannehill crew, where he's low end QB one, high end QB two <clears throat> territory. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a comfortable place for him to flow. It just, it really depends on if you think that he has that elite ceiling and you want to buy in before he potentially blossoms into that. And if you're willing to take the risk. Well, to also hijack this, uh, cause Brees Hall isn't really on our docket slash agenda. Um, he's doing everything you want of him so far. I would say, I don't know if you guys it's agree. It's the targets, man. It's the targets. Yeah. He's getting fed, but but we've also seen in the past couple of weeks he's Michael Carter starting to seed Snapchat, he's starting to seed opportunities. Um, it's looking like Brees Hall is slowly but steadily taking over this backfield, and that's exactly what you wanted from the guy who's currently ranked as a top five dynasty running back. Um, he's doing what you want from him, so so a big, I'm wheels up on Brees Hall. Sorry, a big improvement for me with him is that um, I think week one it was all Michael Carter in, in red zone, whereas you saw game on the line last week. Who are they handing the football to? <clears throat> who are they mm-hmm. saying, "Oh, we need to win this game on the road against Pittsburgh"? Hand to Brees Hall. He was kind of close to giving the game away too, but he, he did. <laughs> <laughs> he did score. Um, all right, I, I was trying to pull up. Uh, sorry if I seemed distracted. I was trying to pull up recent Zach Wilson trades, but it's just not. It's not updated. Not popular. So, okay. Yeah. Um. All right. I guess I'll just move us along. J.K. Dobbins. Speaking of players, I have coming back. J.K. Dobbins back, and then he scores two touchdowns. Right, guys. Yeah. I, I don't think I got that wrong. So yeah. 
Um, is this a bait, though? Is this just that's what I was gonna? <laughs> or is say. it J.K. Dobbins? I'm just a guaranteed touchdown a game because John Harbaugh just only hands the ball to me in the red zone. I guess, like, oh my god, he's so hard to gauge. He's if he starts catching passes, he can be a top tier guy. But I just don't think he is like a pass catching back, and I I refuse to believe like I don't know maybe maybe you could put him in that like James Conner of last year where it's just yeah you know what he's going he we're on the goal line he's scoring a touchdown like maybe you could put him in there but I still think it's such like a small I know it's basically a year of data but it. it it still feels like a small sample size for me to go, yeah, I can rely on J.K. Dobbins to, you know, maybe give me 70 yards and a touchdown a game. Like, I just, I, I can't rely, I can't trust it. And if he's not scoring touchdowns, he's not going to be relevant for long. Like, he's going to end up falling into that Josh Jacobs kind of realm of a player. Um, I don't know what you guys think. I've always liked Dobbins, despite, the you know, the team he plays for. Um, but I I kind of agree. It's not sustainable to just get this touchdown every week. You know, he was a touchdown monster when he was playing and then he got hurt. Now he's back to being a touchdown monster. Like I, I just agree. It's just, it's tough to think it's going to last this long. So do you think he should not? Do you think he's worth, do you think he should be priced at a 23 late first? Yes. I think that's a very fair evaluation. He's on a, you know, one of the best rushing attacks in the league and he's the lead back. I know they have Lamar and people will say Lamar is the lead back, which is a fair assessment, honestly, just because he'll run for his own a thousand yards. Um, but this offense is, is going to just continually pound the rock and that's just what Harbaugh's has shown and he's not going to change. And I think if he's the lead back and he's going to get all the, the goal line touches, then he should be worth that, but it's going to be an inconsistent fantasy play just because he's so touchdown dependent. I think. Sorry, can you got Jimmy? I don't know what I just yeah, did. Yeah. Okay. I think it's fair to say that he should be worth that, that first, but God, I don't want to pay it. I mean, if I'm looking at the running backs coming out of his class, there's just, there's a lot of guys that I'm kind of more excited about um, than I am J.K. Dobbins, and it's just, it's. I feel like I would very much regret giving up that first for J.K. Dobbins at this point. It's close. It's for me. It's close. Like, if I'm a rebuilding team and I needed one more piece to push me over the edge, I'm not going to do that. I'd rather sit back and you know draft a guy with my pick and and move forward like that but if i was a contending team here and i needed that last push right now this second and you're gonna give up the projected one 110 let's call it i, I think that's probably a good good move well yeah that that's the thing that i think it highlights though is that we're talking about a running back that has top 12 upside easily that you probably could pick up at a 23 first maybe a smidge more but i think 
that is just kind of the going rate and you might be able to get it done. It really depends on how they think after that week. But from what I'm getting from you guys, the, the price hasn't really changed from last week. If you had, I mean, if you had, yeah. would you be if someone offered you just a contender first, are you taking it? 23? Like, am I selling J.K. Dobbins? Yeah, you're. are you selling him? Very team-dependent. It's very team-dependent. You're a middle-of-the-pack team. I think I probably would. I'd sell. I'd probably, I'd probably sell. Honestly, the thing that pisses me off the most about J.K. Dobbins is that I'm worried that his receiving production is slightly inflated just because it's almost like he's a... I mean, maybe this isn't the greatest way to put it because this guy is going off, but I feel like he's just a better CEH, where it's like they just give him bullshit that sustains his production. Maybe, but maybe that is sustainable because they keep giving him the bullshit, right? Oh, we're on the goal line. We'll give you a little shovel pass or like a jet sweep or something. Like, I just, I mean, you could say this about a lot of running backs, but I struggle to see like what he he truly does better than replacement level running backs. Like when I watched the Ravens last year, I think, I mean, it's difficult to gauge because um, what's the name? Tyler Huntley was the quarterback for a decent amount, but I didn't think they like truly struggled in the run game without JK Dobbins. Like I think they were strictly fine without Dobbins. And to me, it's just like, with the running backs and receivers that can be had around that late first in this class where you have the likes of um, I'm going to assume Sean Tucker will probably be there. Maybe Jameer Gibbs, depending on where he goes. Tank um, Bigsby, maybe. Tank Bigsby. Um, Kendall Milton. Like there, there's a lot of just like good running backs in this class. Um, what's his name? I'm even forgetting the, I say Zach Evans. I don't know if I said Zach Evans, but there, there's a lot of good running backs coming out of this class. And giving up that juicy first for a player who already has one ACL injury, and we know that running backs can get injured and everything, like it's just, I, I think it's a very risky move to do. But when I'm looking at this trade finder and I see trades like Calvin Ridley plus Wandell Robinson for J.K. Dobbins, I'm like, okay, like maybe, maybe he is. Then I see other trades where giving up Kenneth Walker and the 2023 first for J.K. Dobbins, and I'm like, well, there's no way I'm trading for J.K. <laughs> Dobbins. Um, all right, I think that wraps up our, you know, welcome back to Lee. Oh no, sorry, one we more get guy. Godwin back. This is really huge news, but Godwin's back. Yeah, he only missed. A we couple don't have Luna's here to go off for like 10 minutes about how yeah. God was Yeah, and we. He, <laughs> he he whatever we just said about uh i do like uh charbonnet too joe a bear but uh you know he is a senior <laughs> um so I, I i just don't i think i would rather have had jk dobbins than zach charbonnet at this point although he has he has been kind of tearing it up at ucla ucla this year um regardless whatever we're saying about jk dobbins just pretend that luna said the opposite of it and that he's all in on jk dobbins because that would have been the case um yep I, yeah and then also, repeat that all in for godwin yeah yep. and there's not much more to add on godwin um he had a a decent game. This the the Bucks offense actually looked fine. Their defense just couldn't get a stop for their life, which is strange. But <laughs> yeah, um, it's kind of the opposite of what we were seeing at the beginning of the year. Um, I don't know. Julio also managed to 
get hurt again, I think. So that's all even more. God yeah. I, what did you expect there, JT? He's I still for four years. I just need, I just need a few good games from Julio for him to be worth it. All I need is a few, just a few reliable games. That um, 2025 seconds going to come in handy. Yeah. Not <laughs> my 2025 third. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, moving on to the questionable backfields though. And this is a segment where we've been seeing interesting. I cut myself out. No, you guys can still see me, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. My camera did a weird thing. Sorry. Hey, 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 hey. Uh, <laughs> four weeks into the season, we're starting to get a, a better picture of what each team's backfield looks like. And I'm going to just start off with what we saw on Sunday night with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And that is Leonard Fournette was starting to split carries with Rashad White. Rashad White, even after making his, I mean, massive, massive mistake right at the beginning of the game, uh, muffing the punt or kickoff, sorry, and is just laying the the chief score right away, he still managed to eat a decent amount of Lam Fournette's target share or uh, carry share. And I don't know about you guys, but if Lam Fournette isn't a full-on bell cow workhorse running back, what what are we doing? Like I'm, that was the whole reason I liked Len Fournette, and now you're taking that away. Yeah, Jake's giving the salute. <laughs> See ya. Yeah. Are we? Are we uh, I don't know. I, I the thing is, is that it's tough because the game script was so weird, and I mean, let's just call it how it is. That game was kind of a blowout. It was. Yeah. It was. Yeah. So I mean, I I think I'd rather just look at the other three games as. Um, an indication of what Leonard Fournette's production is or even an average of the other three games more so than this one game where the game script is weird. It's a blowout. And even if I'm worried about his carry share, I'll be fine with seven receptions if if that's the price that I have to pay in blowout games. The, the problem, though, is like the previous three games weren't that great from a Leonard Fournette scoring perspective either. So... I mean, at the price where he was, where he's an aging running back, and you could almost certainly have gotten a first for him this year. I think you definitely could have. Um, I still think he, you definitely I, could I, I think you he definitely, definitely could have. Really? Def- yeah. Really? I yes. checked I checked trying to get Leonard Fournette in a couple of weeks, and it wasn't. Yes. He was one of my targets to get, and then the price was just more Absurd. than I wanted to pay. Yeah. yeah. I don't have any um, Fournettes, so <laughs> I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Um. Where was I going with that, though? Oh, I, I don't like him for what the... Imagine I did trade him at that price, trade for him at that price. I don't like what I gave up. Like, I don't like uh, giving up that much for him because he's just not returned that so far. Yeah, I, I, I agree with JT. I think, I think exactly what Frank said is a perfect excuse that people are going to give Fournette and you could still trade him this week. I mean, shit. Yeah. His value is pretty high on keep trade cut. He is yeah, that's why I'm I'm looking at first. the trade. I'm looking at the trades. This is from so what's nine twenty eight? Like a week ago. Yeah. So this was before the his his not great perform. Well, even then he had a solid performance. He scored a touchdown, right? Um, mm-hmm. he got traded for twenty twenty three first. Him and Tyler Conklin for DJ Moore. Him and Zach Wilson for two first, two twenty twenty three first. Um. Lamb Fournette for a Devin Singletary in two twenty twenty three seconds. Lamb Fournette for a twenty twenty four first. Like, yeah, he's he like, first. Seems like yeah, he, he's yeah. Seemed like the very much going rate was a first. Uh, I would throw. I would. I would probably do Leonard Fournette in a second for a first. 
you would trade him away. Yeah, I, 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 I think I, I don't would think do you that. have to based push on the trades I'm looking yeah. at. I don't think I'd have think to do that, but if push came to shove, and that's the only way I could get a first, I think I actually would. I didn't realize his price was that high. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So even yeah, I'm out on Len Fournette at what's currently happening. I thought he was at like a mid second. I thought I was gonna pull no. up keep trade cut, and this dude was gonna be like next to Rondale Moore. That's the thing, <laughs> running, running backs. Why you gotta do Rondale like that? <laughs> scoring, scoring running backs are are such king. Like, I mean, I was on here talking last week about Ramondre Stevenson and Khalil Herbert. They're significantly worse in terms of fantasy points than uh, Leonard Fournette, and them. Yeah. I was saying I'd give up the mid to early second. Yeah, more so. Whatever. Um, regardless, moving on now to our next. Our good old uh, friends in Seattle. Yeah, I think I have a surprising take for you guys. Oh God! I, this I better think, not be any Rashad Penny slander. Oh, it better it's, be. It's not. It better it's, be. It's not really slander. It's just I think we're in the midst of a very good buy opportunity on Kenneth Walker. Oh, okay. I don't mind that. <laughs> Actually, I'm sorry, that. Frank. I, Rashad Penny, did you see that? Did you see his He's back. <laughs> with, the, the, with the last four games of, the, of last season, he's back. He finally just have to play against nope. insanely good run defense. Dude, this guy popped off harder than Antonio Brown's trousers at the hotel. Oh, okay. Freaking Did you pool, have that line right? This guy went crazy. <laughs> he's going nuts. Dude, Rashad Petty, top 15, here we come. On a scale of one to ten, how much do you actually believe that? <laughs> Eleven. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think he was my second most bought player this offseason. I I do believe that. I just because nobody wants him. <laughs> Come on, no love for the Antonio Brown no, trousers. No, I just Come I on, just that know that's a, I know that's a pre. You had that line ready. <laughs> <laughs> that was locked and loaded. I don't know how long you had it locked and loaded, but that was locked and loaded. <laughs> <laughs> um, Say what you want, but AB was open. <laughs> that was wild. Uh, speaking of AB, just quick side note: like, is he now just officially droppable? Like, I just yes. I thought now? he was going to come back. I thought he was going to come back. <laughs> now, I mean, dude tried a rap career, and that just utterly failed i thought he was gonna be like all right like I'll, I'll try and play again uh but i don't know it seems like he's forcing him his way out of the nfl like he's he's career sabotaging himself for some reason gt have you been under a rock i know <laughs> i know i know but but the talent was still like when he was playing for tampa bay he was still like pretty good and it was just like if Dude, he, he could, could be... probably show up and be a top 10 receiver right now that's what i'm like... saying so so if you could just like other than what just happened last week, I mean, I would say he was pretty low key. Other than like no showing concerts, like, like there wasn't really any reason to fade Antonio Brown since his jogging off the the field. That wasn't enough to fade him. No, because teams will be. If, <laughs> the if, only reason he, he was there was because Brady has the power he, to fire coaches and bring whoever the hell he wants on sure, the team. Sure, and then he just like posted a picture of himself and Giselle, which is just totally <laughs> like, no, out. But, no one 
no one wants this guy on their team. I feel the like. dude, the dude, like said like very disparaging things about like John Gruden and Mike Mayock and teams were still like, yeah, we just saw you burn your way out of Las Vegas or maybe they were still Oakland at the time. I forget when they switched, but we just saw you burn your way out of the Raiders. Like, come on here to the Patriots. Come on here to Tampa Bay. I know that was mostly Brady driven, but like. He was successful, and desperate teams will do it. But this, yeah, point, because again, be Frank Frank said it. He he could go out there right now and be a top ten wide receiver. It's yeah, that's just what, the fact that so, it's just the fact that no team wants the headache. He's not worth the headache anymore. He doesn't put up that. He doesn't put up what he you know the seventeen hundred yard seasons that he did when he was in Pittsburgh. So he's yeah, not but worth I just I don't, think, I don't think we're having this this exact same conversation a week ago when he. You know, had this whole Giselle Instagram thing, and then his pool photos. I don't know how to describe this. I I don't think I I think we could be talking about like oh like Aaron Rodgers struggles against the Patriots, like maybe AB to the Packers, like you know that kind of stuff. And now I just think it's it's dead. I don't know how we hijacked Rashad Penny. Okay, outside of outside of the the antics as well. It's now he can't stay healthy because I'm not sure he he cares about his body as much as he did before. <laughs> I, 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 that might just be completely wrong, but you look at the past couple seasons, he's just had nagging injuries. He was saying to teams, you have to ha- let me have ankle surgery. If you're going to sign me, it's just nah, no shot. Um, all right, but back to Rashad Penny and Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker scored like 10 points on the season so far. He was injured for the first two weeks. Uh, and in the next two games, he put up like five and four points. That is kind of a generalization. I don't have the actual stats in front of me, but it wasn't anything significant. I just think, I mean, they did do it to Rashad Penny where they just kept Chris Carson in front of him the whole way. But I think when you spend that kind of draft capital on that kind of running back who did have a very good uh, final season at Michigan State, I do think at some point he's going to get these opportunities. And I do think at some point he's going to have at least one good game and where he's currently ranked, which is like running back 20. I'm going to pull it up right now. RB 19, 19, 19. Yeah. Behind the likes of, you know, 28 year old Derek Henry, 27 year old Aaron Jones, um, AJ Dillon, who's stuck in the timeshare, Travis Etienne, who's stuck in the timeshare. I just think he has an opportunity to pop. I, I, I think he can, blow up and and you know give a meteoric rise to his value because if Kenneth Walker is good if Kenneth Walker is good he's instantly in that top 10 running back conversation because he's so young because he's on a team that like literally had (laughs) Russell Wilson like forcing him his way out of there because they don't throw it enough like it's a very good situation I would say for him um at the price that he is I think I'm willing to take the chance of I was a Kenneth Walker hater too, because because of how high he was ranked before. But I think at the price he is now, I'm willing to take the shot on Kenneth Walker. Hmm. I mean, I've always liked Kenneth Walker. I thought he was yeah, a talented know. back coming out, but hmm. uh, I, I think RB nineteen. Let's add a one in front of that, and then yeah, we've got yeah, his yeah, accurate there, ranking. There's the Rashad Penny guy. <laughs> Biggest um, bait. Don't fall for it. Don't don't buy the face planter. You're buying the face planter. No not, discount. It's not, it's not a face planter until we get to until we get to Meg. 
This dude okay, has. Okay, he's not a face planner. He just hasn't crossed him. the finish line yet. All right. He's got 13 weeks ahead of him. That's but he, fa- he face planted into the pie, and now he's just got to run across the finish line. I don't think he's necessarily. <laughs> I, I think if we're looking at what his value is, I don't even know if you call it a face planter yet. Like he hasn't fully tanked. That's because we gotta get we gotta get you crackheads to go in and buy low on him, and then once once he has another four games and then another four games of extremely mediocre production, then it's gonna be like, oh crap, like. We shouldn't value him that high. Disagree. I think he'll have good games. Um, but whatever. We're just going to Everybody sees. See, Joe. Everybody says meteoric rise. But meteors fall. Hmm. That's what I'm sure. saying. Meteors <laughs> fall. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Kenneth Walker is going to be walking his way across the finish line at an RB43 finish. I, all right. You just, gotta, you just gotta be healthy to break that. He's healthy now. I think he's fine. I don't know. We're just gonna go in circles here, though. So moving us along to the Chicago Bears backfield, and what do we think about? First off, it's a Bears offense that doesn't offer us a whole lot, but we do have two, probably the two most intriguing guys at this point is their backfield in David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. I'll just ask you guys straight up, like next. Going into to the twenty twenty three season, which guy is more valuable? Uh, Difficult, right? It's harder I than think I would like it to be. I think it's going to be Montgomery as well. I I think Herbert, but it's difficult. And I think looking at keep trade cut again, if I go back. We have David Montgomery is currently. RB27, while Khalil Herbert is RB28. <laughs> they're, they're right there. They're right there. And it's just who we think is a more sustainable back in this team. Um, I don't know. I don't know, guys. I've, I've been liking what I've been seeing from Khalil Herbert. Although, I mean, this week against the Giants wasn't anything special. Um, I, I like Khalil Herbert as well, but I, I think the big misunderstanding that I have with everyone else with Khalil Herbert. Listen, I love Khalil Herbert. I picked him up in a ton of dynasty leagues. I already sold him, but whatever. I don't think he has the upside other people do. If you were coming out here and saying, okay, um, Khalil Herbert is going to be the starting running back on the Bears next year when David Montgomery leaves, well, I think that means he's an Elijah Mitchell, not oh, he becomes like an Aaron Jones-level fantasy producer. And that's the problem I have, is that I'm going to pay for a running back that I believe has like Elijah Mitchell-level ceiling at Elijah Mitchell price almost right now, right? That I, I imagine they're pretty damn close on keep trade cut right now. Um, I'm just not going to be buying Cleo Herbert the, the price is going to be too high. It's like the same thing on A.J. Dillon. I thought he was a fine player, but now the price that is just going to be astronomically higher than the realistic production he's going to get. But that's kind of more so why I want to be in on Khalil Herbert right now is because I think, one, he'll give you a decent amount of points going into the season. And then, two, when the offseason rumors start swirling, I mean, I don't know if you guys remember how high A.J. Dillon rose um, yeah, he, he did. With, with Aaron Jones potentially being gone. Just sell then if you don't want Khalil Herbert. I think that's a good time to just 
get out if you don't want to take the risk. I think you get free points right now, and I don't think his value is going to go down. So, do you know what this backfield is? No, no. This backfield is Cowboys North. Okay, it's two backs that are both overrated, and one thinks the backup is better than the starter. It's the fucking Cowboys. <laughs> sure, but I mean, even then, Tony Pollard. He got big increase. Like he's gotten big increases. Sure, in value wise, like I don't hate what you're saying, JT, but just straight up as as players and value as they stand, I think they're both overrated. I know I was a big Montgomery guy in the offseason. He is just I've completely flipped the switch. He's overrated. Um and, and Herbert's had a few nice games as a backup. Like that's what it is. I don't think he's worth this high second that people are willing to pay for him right now. And I, I, I'm with Frank. If I'm going to go out and spend a high second on a running back, it's certainly not going to be on Khalil Harbour. It's going to be on someone that's more established and in a more yeah, but uh, who, stable who is position. That guy? Well, imagine I, you de- imagine you're a contender for some reason. You want running back. Let's just pretend that you're set on running back. Who is that running back that you are spending that early second on that you feasibly could get for that early second? Let's find out. Um, For I mean, early second, what running back do I want? Uh, I mean, I'll give Miles, you the, I'll, Miles yeah, Sanders go. right now looks good in the past Ooh, few weeks. I've you are a Miles Sanders guy? <laughs> no, I'm not, but I'm just going down the list. <laughs> okay. Miles Sanders, I think, is a guy you could get for around that second price, and I'd rather him than Khalil Herbert. Um, I think you could get, realistically, Derrick Henry if you really wanted to go down that route. If you want, maybe you throw two seconds. Weren't you the guy that was just saying that you were afraid of Derrick Henry the rest of the season, though? Yeah, but again, you're not going to, for a second, I think that's I don't think you're getting him for a second, though. That's that's the issue there. I also think think with Derrick Henry, I mean, the wheels could just fall off, where with Khalil Herbert, I think you're kind of just... Bro, you guys are missing the easy one here. There's a layup. I'm I'm the one that posed the question. You don't even you, you don't even me. you don't even need to pay a second. You can get something on top. What is it? Shot Penny. Oh my. <laughs> this guy. This guy. Josh Jacobs. I don't. I hate no. Josh Jacobs. So no. <laughs> no. I I just think at the I'd end. I'd rather thing, James James Robinson. David Montgomery uh, is Robinson, a more talented yeah. running back to me than Khalil Herbert is. I think they're both good running backs, though. And there's probably a good argument that Khalil Herbert fits this scheme better than Montgomery does. And it's an extremely similar scheme to what he was running his last year in college. What, he went to Virginia Tech, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, okay, yeah. Not getting confused. Yeah, he. I, I think that... That zone scheme that they ran when he was there is very similar to what what the Bears are running, which is going to help them out a little bit. Now, the, just for so give me like twenty seconds to entertain me here. I was thinking, oh wait, maybe he went to Buffalo, but I know he didn't. Who did? No, Jared that Patterson. Was, yeah, that was Jared, Jared Patterson. Patterson. Yeah. Okay. Mac was legend. He yeah. was a beast. Um, Mac Wednesday night Maction, Jared Patterson overs all day. Let's yeah. go. Um, I agree with Joe. People are assuming Herbert starts there next year, but that's not given. I agree, but I think he could just buy him now, hold him through the season, and then just sell him at the end of the season. Sure. Um, all right. 
moving us along to the next one, it's I feel like we might have talked about him every week, but it is Damian Pierce who did pop off against the Chargers, who notoriously have a like a strong rush rush defense. Um, he had 131 yards and a touchdown against these guys. Um Again, I'm just going to repeat what I've said earlier, and you guys tell me where I disagree, where you disagree, or or maybe add on anything. But I just think Damian Pierce. I'll put my hand up and say I was wrong in the fact that like I didn't think he could be a true bell cow guy, just given his production in Florida and how he was never that in Florida. But I mean, currently on the Texans, it appears he can be. But where I'm not willing to apologize is just he's always been super overvalued, like. He's always required that kind of 2023 first round pick. Like he was on that bubble. Now I think he's firmly in that 2023 first round pick. You'd have to give up for him. And I'm just, I'm not doing that for Damien Pierce. Like I think at any time he could just completely go down to zero and not be worth it. Um, I would just rather have that 2023 first. So I don't know if you guys might. I'm just not sure he's going to go down. Like, I don't think his floor is down to zero, but I agree right now. Okay. Last, last game he had that one. It was like what? 50, 40, 60 yard touchdown. I think it was 71 or something. Uh, Yeah. He had a long touchdown. Outside of that, he's been average at best. He's been just mainly a volume guy. I, I actually like the seven catches more than I like the rushing yard stat. Um, well, I, I was more so surprised with the carries of he, the yeah, he, he had he's, 15 in week two and 20 in week three. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, I, I thought he was at max a 10 12 carry a week guy, yeah, they were feeding uh, him. And at the end of the day, if they keep feeding him, he's gonna be a halfway decent running back, right? That's just the number one determining mm-hmm. factor. If, if you're a good running back, well, how many carries do you get? If he if he's averaging 17 carries, it doesn't. I mean, the guy could be pretty crap, and he'll still be a decent fantasy running back. Yeah. The, the question is, if you're going to buy, you're right. You have to pay a price to where you believe in this guy long term. Like you, JT, probably like you, Jake, I don't think any of us are willing to put our chips that that this Houston Texans organization and Damian Pierce are going to be good, that this current setup – dude – I don't. What what is the hope for the Texans right now? They get a good fucking defense because they have so many needs still. This team is just gonna continually draft best available, I think, until they get to the point where they're pretty much forcing themselves to take the quarterback. That's how well, they should do it. I think currently they're set up to get one hundred and one in this year's draft. Um, okay, that would definitely help. Yeah, that yeah. would massively help. Um, and then I don't know. Davis Mills hasn't been bad. I know we'll get to him later, but, but like he hasn't been bad. It's, it's the Josh Rosen. I mean, Josh Rosen wasn't awful on his first year in Arizona. He wasn't great. Like he definitely wasn't good though. But it's just like when you have the shiny new quarterback compared to just this like okay guy. Like I think every time you gotta go with the shiny new quarterback. Yeah. 100%. yeah. Um. They also have they, they have a ton of draft capital from the Deshaun Watson trade and everything too. So is okay. I I think this is a team that can build up fairly quickly. Um, I don't know, I, man. I'm just I'm not buying into Damian Pierce. I don't think I'm buying into any of the Texans. No, not even like a Brandon Cooks. 
He's the only. I, I still think like I mean we bought into him in our orphan league because we got a good price, but I think in most leagues you're just not going to get a good price that it's worth investing in Cooks in. And even yeah, when I'm right. investing in Cooks, I'm not doing it for next year. I'm doing it because I need like a flex play right now or a wide receiver three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this is right. not making the case that he's a man. Yeah, I, I, I agree yeah. with that. Um, so we also have Brian Robinson who was activated. And the reason I laughed was because I, I took Baker Mayfield as comeback player of the year. And I just think Brian Robinson has to like play a couple games and look somewhat okay. And he's just automatically a lock. Whereas Baker, I think he's already, what? he's, he's never already played in the NFL. How is he the comeback player of the year? Well, the dude got shot. How do you, no, how do you beat it's that? Not, how do you beat that? Award. It's not a pity award. I, I just don't know who else you could call a comeback. Player dude, he's he's going to get the dog in him award. <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm just curious if this is any threat to to the status quo in Washington with Antonio yes. Gibson being the, the workhorse right now. I think if the preseason showed anything, it showed that Antonio Gibson was not part of the plan and that he was yeah. kind of forced to be the plan following, you know, the, the incident that Brian Robinson got himself into here. I mean... I don't know if he got himself into it. Well, bad phrasing, bad phrasing <laughs> yeah, yeah. that he that he fell into. Put it that way. Uh-huh. Um, but I mean, you got to assume that at some point they give him the opportunity to at least win the job. It looks like he won the job in preseason. So yeah, well, well, talking heads are still referring to him as the starting running back. Like I forget if it was Rappaport or Pelcero or whatever. One of them's like, oh yeah, starting running back uh, is returning for the Washington Commanders. Um. Yeah, yeah, and I that think with a grain of salt, but like, I, I think he is the guy. I, I think the one thing that is really pointing in his direction as well, um, man, this Washington Commanders offense has been rough the past couple weeks. They have There's, played some top defenses. Yes, so. and what's it, what's frustrating, I think, is that you you get some plays still from the receivers, right? Jahan Dotson, Terry McLaurin, and well, those two guys have their, like, one or two plays a game that they make. Curtis Samuel's leading the team in targets, but without this running game being pretty darn good, I, I think it's pretty clear that Carson Wentz is not going to be able to, game in and game out, be relied on to win this team football games offensively. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, I end up agreeing with Jake. There's probably going to be a pretty darn good shot. I'm just curious as the timeline. Is there going to be, like oh, next week, all of a sudden, Brian Robinson, 15 carries. Or is it going to be, we're going to ease him in, right? Seven carries this week, only plays a handful of snaps, and then the next week he gets 10. And then, you know, I'm just kind of getting freaking leashed along like a dog at the park. Even even with someone like, uh, I'm going to pull it up right now, I'll look at his stats, like, Brees Hall, who was taken higher than Brian Robinson and was, you know, he's expected to take over that Chet's backfield at some point. He was six, six carries, seven carries, eight carries, 17 carries last week. So I, I do think there is that kind of ramp up that you're going to, I mean, if I pull up like Jonathan Taylor right now too, like going back a couple of years, you, the plan is always to bring in those guys slowly, I believe. Um, looking at Jonathan Taylor, it was nine. Then it was 26, but that was because uh, Marlon Mack uh, 
tore his ACL, Achilles, Achilles. Um, then it was 13, you know, it went back down to 13 and everything. Like, I, I think you're just giving them that kind of ramp, like you're saying. Like, I'm not expecting Brian Robinson to pop off. It would be a pleasant surprise. But I think you're going to see, like, oh, he flashed here. He, you know, made a rookie mistake here for the first, I, I'll say, month. I do like Brian Robinson. Um, keeping us moving, though. Last questionable backfield, and then we have one more segment. We're looking at the Miami Dolphins backfield. This one I found surprising because of how, I don't know if underreported is the term, I'd say, but this looks to be Raheem Mostert's backfield, and I don't think anyone's really talking about Raheem Mostert as a starting running back in, in fantasy like, or a startable running back in fantasy. I think if you gauged most people, They'd probably still say that Chase Edmonds is the lead back, but I pulled it up before the um, before we started the pod because I literally asked this question, who is the starting running back for the Miami Dolphins? And Raheem Mostert had five carries in week one, but then he had 11, 8, and 15 in, in the following three weeks. Whereas Chase Edmonds has kind of gone in the reverse direction where Chase Edmonds in week one had 12 carries and then he's had five, six, five which, I mean, that's that's backup-level cash. Well, and I think more concerning for Chase Edmonds is that in the past three games, Raheem Mostert's also been out-targeting him. So it's not yeah. like you can use the excuse that, oh, well, Chase Edmonds is going to gobble up the passing down work kind of like he did in Arizona. Yeah, this is a heavy panic on Chase Edmonds. I'm not really sure you're going to be able to sell him if 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 you have him. Maybe you can, because I agree with you. I feel like this has just been swept under the rug for whatever reason. That Well, I mean, Tua kind of dominates the Miami conversation. Yeah. At this Actually, point. Joe Joe brings up a good point with, with Mostert and Penny in that because they've kind of been flashes shown running backs for the past couple of years that maybe it's just people aren't going to take the bait anymore where uh, we're not going to buy them off flashes because we've seen it before and it's been bait every single time. Yeah, I guess. I mean, but what is, I'm going to pull up. It's not fully updated. I don't know why I pulled it. I pulled this today. The um, trades, uh, but I'm going to see what like Raheem Mostert has been traded for. And I can't imagine it's been a whole lot. Dude. I th- I think if you were to, in a, across leagues, offer a third for Mostert, I think you could get that in, in a decent amount of them. I think you could. He's just one of these guys that's like, people think he's always injured and he's old, which he is, but that's why he's, his price is at a third for a guy that's getting, you know, 10 to 15 carries a game. Well, is that worth it though? Like, I'm not sure. I would want to go a third. For I'm looking. I'm looking though. It seems to be less than that. Now, keep in mind, this isn't updated. This is a week behind. So, okay, take that with what you will. I mean, last week though, if I'm looking, did he have a good week last week? He had an okay week. He was all right. He got a good amount of carries, but it didn't really translate into. Yeah, he only point. he only had nine fancy points, so it's not like he's popping off all of a sudden on people's radar. Um, he's been traded for a 2024 fourth. A 2023 fourth, Sterling Shepard before Sterling Shepard tore his Achilles. Brutal trade there. Um, a 2023 third. Um, I was thinking of a trade where maybe you could tear down from a guy like Devin Duvernay, which is a funny sentence to say. <laughs> I would totally um, tear down from Devin Duvernay. Yeah, if you could, if you could get Raheem Mostert and just anything 
for whatever the value difference is on keep trade cut is what I'd aim for for monster yeah. just to cash out on Devin Duvernay. But you know, obviously you're going to struggle cashing out on Devin Duvernay for a second in most leagues. So finding a more creative way, getting a usable flex running back RB four type player and lower level draft capital, it could be worth it. Yeah, I agree. I I think this is a, a sneaky points that you could get in your lineup looking for that flex kind of play. Maybe you have a running back on buy and a running back on IR or something, and you need someone to slot into the RB2. I, you're not going to find I think much even more production. so than that. If, if you're one of those teams that just has a lot of those mediocre level receivers, right? Your, yeah. your team is full of the Jarvis Landry's, the Devin Duvernay's, the, you know, Adam Thielen, but you can at least play him like those. If you have a roster of those kinds of guys, it's annoying because you, you really, a guy like Devin Duvernay is, is a tough player to have because you don't want to sell him because what are you going to sell him for? The most you're going to get in, in a lot of leagues, I've tried to sell them for a second, I can't, is a third. Yes, people have sold them for a second. It's not impossible. I don't want to sell them for anything less than that, though. Honestly. I, Even um, his current target share in the, in the team and everything. Just thinking out loud, like, the quality of players that I would trade for, the quality of, like, receiver-like players that I would trade for Raheem Mostert, I'm trying to think of like where that line is is drawn. not very good. But like, like Isaiah McKenzie, for example, right? Like I trade him for Raheem Mostert. I don't know if that's consensus. Um, but then other players, like let me see if Raheem Mostert's on this list. Okay, he's currently fifteen thirty on keep trade cut, and the players above him are Nicole Hardman. I'd definitely trade for uh, Raheem Mostert. KJ Hamler, Greg Dorch. Um, Jalen Tolbert, I would. Say Jones, I would. Russell Cage, I would. KJ Osborne, Diamond Peoples-Jones. Like, all those guys I'd give up for Raheem Mostert. I don't know if you guys disagree on any of them, but... Um, I think I, I for some of them, I mean, most of those guys, yes. But as we start going up the list, I might want to get a little bit more value. Oh, if uh, I could definitely get more player value, dependent. Sure, yeah. Um, But yeah, I, I just think... Having those types of receivers is a, is a tough spot because they're way too good to cut. They're too annoying to trade. You just can't get the fair value for them. And at the same time, you're you're not really starting them unless you're forced to. Yeah, they're not. They're they're on my bench, and they're not really ever coming off my bench. And they're clogged, man. Those, at least yeah. Raheem Mostert. If Chase Edmonds gets hurt, then it's just wheels up for Mostert. I mean, even right yeah. now, is if he was just a little bit more efficient, which we kind of saw some of the juice he had last game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'll keep it. All right, last segment it is the weird quarterbacks. <laughs> These are the guys who, I mean, two of them played against each other this week, but it's guys that we wonder, like, what's their future after the season? What's their what's their dynasty value? Where are they? Are they starting quarterbacks? Um, and these two are the current ones that we're focusing on are Jared Goff and Geno Smith. Who combined See, the, re- mm-hmm. the reason I, I put this segment in here is that I saw a tweet of some dude that ran one of those, uh, I think it was a pro football reference query on a couple of parameters. And it was the gist of the query. I remember exactly what it was, was the most 
passing yards per game for a quarterback seasons 27 and under their age. Um, does that mean I did a terrible job? Quarterbacks, when they were aged 27 and under, their average passing yards per game. Mm-hmm. And Jared Goff was way higher on the list than you you would give him credit for. And I at mean, the same that's, time, that's Rams Jared Goff. Yeah, yeah, but at the same time, right now, I don't know about that. Um, his touchdown to interception ratio also, once again, way better. And with some of these top end quarterbacks, uh, that got me thinking with the way that Jared Goff is playing right now. I mean, listen, man, I, I've been calling him bait for like ever since he got drafted. Maybe he's not. Maybe, maybe Jared Goff is able to go out here with the Lions. They continue to have a good offense. They figure out a couple things out on defense. And the Lions are in a position where they're not drafting a quarterback early in the draft next year. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that part. The problem I have is I, th- I think he just falls onto that Kirk Cousins continuum of he's just like a <laughs> he's the cheaper. The Look, Kirk this isn't mine. This, this isn't mine. I'm I'm stealing it from I forget who came up with this whole thing, but I just think he's like. He's going to pass a decent amount of times, but at the end of the day, I mean, other than when he's part of one of the highest scoring games ever, um, he's he's a quarterback too, like like a fringe quarterback too. Um, he's he's good, like he he's solid. He's going to get you points, but uh, he's like a cheaper Mac Jones. He's he's a cheaper. I don't know. Put in someone else that's <laughs> expensive. You want to know what's hilarious? Icely yep. in the chat. I think Garoppolo and Tannehill are worth throwing in that conversation too. We were gonna throw we them. We threw in them the- in the- <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, no, they are not in there. <laughs> yeah. I threw them in there, obviously. Thank you. Um what was I gonna say though about Jared Goff? Oh yeah. I mean this Lions team had the first pick and I forget what they traded up for to take Jameson Williams, but they had two top picks in the in this draft and they decided to roll with those guys instead of Kenny Pickett. Now you could say, Well, what does that tell you about Kenny Pickett? But I think it tells you that they at least think Jared Goff is a competent quarterback to the point of, like, why are we going to go out and get this kind of quarterback when we have Jared Goff? Like, he's not – these aren't the shiny guys. And where you have this now is um, to steal from something else. I think part of my take said the Lions are capable of losing to any team by three points but also beating any team by three points. Like, (laughs) that is this Lions team. Um, and currently I think they're just in that position where they're not going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. One of those top two, three draft picks where you're going to, instead of looking at CJ Stroud or Bryce Young, you're looking at Will Levis. And do I think Will Levis is better than Jared Goff? No, I I don't. I'm kind of a Will Levis hater, but. And this is the GM of the lines that drafted Goff on the Rams as well. Mm Mm-hmm. What picks did they give up in the Jamison Williams deal? I'm just curious. I don't I don't remember. Line who'd they trade with? Saints. Right? Is no. it the Texans that they made the move with? I, I think one if it's the Texans, here. I think it's a third. Um all right. The Lions dealt picks number 32, 34, and 66 with the Minnesota Vikings, rare in division trade, um, for 12 and 46. So nothing outside. It seems like nothing outside of the draft that they trade. All okay. right. So 
they still have all their picks if they want to move up, is what I'm hearing. Okay, make well, me do that was actually <laughs> a really interesting trade because I, I'm pretty sure both of those teams are kind of like big into data analytics nowadays, but one of the trades was very favorable according to like PFF's trade analyzer valuation thing, and then the other ones was valued on like another guy's one. It was really interesting to see like, we're seeing like data analytics battles between teams in, in with the trades now. Um, yeah, I'm looking at the Lions draft picks. They have theirs, their first round this year, and the Rams, and then just chalk second, third, fourth, fifth. Uh, they have the Broncos. I forgot they so, have the Rams pick for like the next five years. Yeah, I mean the Rams did get Super Bowl out of it, but now they look not like a Super Bowl team. Um. What about Geno Smith, though? How are we thinking about Geno Smith? I mean, you talk about a guy that looks massively improved. I just don't understand. I still don't don't believe it's the same. I I don't know what's going on. We've seen this guy. It's not a surprise. He's been a starting quarterback multiple times for multiple different teams. What is going on? Yeah, but has he ever had a DK Metcalf? I'm trying to think of, like, previous Geno Smith teams. Has he ever Jets, had? Who, who did he have? Who did he those have? Those Jets when teams had like washed up Brandon Marshall and Decker, right? Was that them? Was that Geno Smith's time, or was that still Mark Sanchez? I don't know. And then I can't remember what years is he the damn quarterback of the Jets? Uh, 13, 14, 15, 16 is when he was on the Jets. So is that like washed up San Antonio Holmes time? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was Brandon Marshall, Eric Decker. Okay. Regardless, these Matt were washed Forte up. Matt Forte Jets. Oh, I forgot Matt Forte did that. So Jets is where running backs go to die. Yeah, but dude, what if what if Geno Smith is just channeling his inner Ryan Fitzpatrick and it's like, dude, I am now going to be the journeyman quarterback that starts for a new team every year. I just don't see it. I just I, I I'm sorry. He's played really well and I give him all the credit in the world, but I just don't see it. And everyone knows Seattle's gonna take a quarterback. They're gonna be one of the bottom two teams in the league, right? They have to I don't know. It. Listen, I don't believe it either. We, I, think I think this is another classic four-game bait. Yeah. I, I, the same I do. thing with Jared Goff. It could be the classic Jared Goff four-game, first four-game bait yeah. that we saw last year. I, I, I do agree that, like, I, I don't think it's sustainable for Geno Smith. <laughs> but I'm not sure if the Seahawks are high enough to take. Now, they can move up. They they can they have the Broncos picks, right, to also, um, yeah. you know, trade up if they need. But at their what they're currently playing at, I don't know if they're going to be that top two or three conversation. I, I mean, think that they, they like might be the team though that goes in and tries to be like the trade team, kind of like what the Broncos did to them. Like I think that's one of the major reasons why you see them not deal Lockett for just pennies and clear the cap space and sign DK, bring in Fent, right? draft the fucking running backs just make this offense as juicy as possible so when whenever the next good quarterback gets all unsettled right maybe it's aaron Rodgers next year aaron Rodgers is like dude fuck this my team sucks now i want to ring hop that they're in a position yeah where but be like aaron Rodgers, we will spend 
four firsts on receivers for you. But, Come here. But, <laughs> if you're Aaron Rodgers looking to ring hop, are you like a Seattle, like the top team you want to go to? I don't no, know. no, they're trying to set themselves up because I, you could have said the same thing about the Broncos for a couple of years, but you but, do a couple but, of years of juicing and then all of a sudden you're there. Are these established quarterbacks going to want to play for Pete Carroll? It doesn't matter. If they pay you the most and you're a starter, you say thank you very much. But Aaron Rodgers can go literally dude, anywhere. Dude, they like, could just the Bruce most. Arians him. Dude, if Tom Brady was like, dude, yeah, I want to okay, play okay. for the Seahawks, Pete Carroll's can. You, you, like, you, would th- <laughs> you would think that, but Aaron Rodgers is just like, hey, like maybe like let's not draft Jordan Love in the first round and maybe draft like someone like T. Higgins instead. And the Packers are like, no, we're going to go with Jordan Love. And we're also well, that's because with- they don't have an owner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure sure um i don't know like me i i think that's more unrealistic and i i think we've been in a weird era of quarterback switching teams like they have recently i just i i think how they get their quarterback is through the draft but i just don't know if it's through this draft that they get the quarterback they're gonna um, end up being very bad and they're gonna get a quarterback i mean they already have two wins <laughs> So Jared what? Goff, his price, early the, second. Sorry, what? Jared Goff, early second. Buy, sell. Uh, give me the second. I don't yeah, buy sell. it. Yeah, sell. I'd rather Kirk Cousins. Dang. Uh, I, I, you know what? I'm going to take the price. early second. Fuck it. No, I'm not taking the bait. Uh, <laughs> Geno Smith for early 23 third. I, uh, I don't mind it. If you, want, yeah. if you need another quarterback, I don't mind it. Third, I'll, I'll, third. I'm going to take the Geno Smith as well. Yeah, the thirds come and go pretty easily. Um, if you want the quarterback, I go with Geno Smith. Um, I just think once again, it's it's realistically though. I think in most of my leagues, I just have. I'd rather shoot for a better quarterback though. That's the only problem. Like instead well, of who was that better quarterback that you're shooting for? Then I Gino. would rather give up the first plus for Zach Wilson. Oh, okay, right, we're going <laughs> crazy here. All right, yeah. Well, that- that's a lot different. I thought we were looking for like, you know, you had No, I'm not budget had... buying. Okay. Dude, when it comes when it comes to these QBs, man, I want to be bougie as fuck. All right. I want the flash Yeah, but say guys. say say you were like a bougie guy, right? And I don't know, say like Tom Brady, you have like the Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes are your two quarterbacks right now and say Tom Brady gets hurt because I think he was already holding his shoulder last week. Like, say he gets hurt, and you're just looking for that plug-and-play kind of guy for, uh, you know. Yeah, I give up a third for Geno right, Smith. thank you. Yeah. That's more so how I was envisioning trading All right, JT, back me into a corner. Yeah, I will. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else we want to add? Do you want to touch add? on Tannehill and them? No, I mean, Tannehill, nah, we've touched on those guys before. We don't talk enough about Jared Goff and Geno Smith, you know, the big names. Would you budget buy for QB three slash four though as a DAC owner? I mean, a few weeks ago I probably would have. Now at this point, I think you're kind of just holding. Um, I don't think he's coming back think, this week. But I think that also depends on your roster too, because if you let's say you can't get Geno Smith for a third, you have to give a second, and and you do a lot of the other like realistic quarterback buys, because I think that's one of the things that's tough on keep trade cut is that with these quarterbacks if they are evenly distributed across your league and there's a lot of competitive teams, people aren't going to want to give up their QB three, even if they're getting a fair trade. This is kind of Mm -hmm. how it goes. If you have a good roster, you could just 
play a halfway decent player or trade for a halfway decent player to play in your flex. I know that's not the most popular thing to do, but it's not impossible to, to have success and do that. I lost two championships doing that last year. <laughs> Just, <laughs> Victory um, lapping, losing. <laughs> yeah. Elite, elite third and 20 dynasty podcasts. <laughs> also, Isley said Dobbs looking real good. I, I do tend to, like, again, it's small sample size, but I, I have liked what I've seen out of Romeo Dobbs so far. But, all right. That's going to do it for us here, I think, then. Yeah. So we got on the plate. So season three, episode ten of the Third and Twenty Dynasty podcast. Thank you all for watching, listening, whatever you do. Uh, <laughs> make sure, whatever. please. Yeah, however you consume our beautiful voices and Jake's, um, <laughs> please make sure to like, comment, <laughs> subscribe. All right, all right, all right. Close the <laughs> show. Let's go. At least it's not Linus <laughs> in his muffled mic and whatever he's doing. But, all yeah, right, you right. want to hear Garoppolo talk? All right, fine, I see. We'll, we'll talk about Garoppolo. Oh, the I Niners fan so. wants Garoppolo talk? Why, why? Is Isley the I don't think Isley's the... Right now, oh, he's not. Tickle no. is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who I think yeah. is... Okay, you want um, uh, me and GT were actually talking about Jimmy Garoppolo last night. You want to know what the problem with Jimmy Garoppolo is? What he's Kirk Cousins with worse accuracy. That's the problem. He also, I think, he's Kirk Cousins bad. has a better arm too. He's just discount, mega discount, Kirk Cousins. No, he's not mega discount. He is mega. He's discount. slight discount. No, La- last discount. year. Last year, Jimmy G was like leading the league in turnover worthy plays uh, that weren't like he was leading the league in turnover luck, essentially, that he should have had a lot more turnovers than he did. And I mean, you saw it last, uh, you saw it just yesterday as we're recording this on Tuesday. Um, Peyton Manning said himself, like when he had that long touchdown to Debo Samuel, which wasn't that long, it was basically all Debo's work. Peyton Manning was like, yeah, I don't know if Jimmy G did this on purpose. I doubt it, <laughs> but it should have been, <laughs> it should have been a pick six. <laughs> um, but where I was going with this is Geno Smith has gotten very lucky with his, his lack of turnovers, and he also doesn't make oh, those mean, big-time throws. You mean Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah, who am I saying? You what said say? Geno Smith. All right, you oh, sorry. Me yeah, sorry. Jimmy G, Jimmy G. Um, do you think he'll start somewhere next year? <sighs> it depends That's such a on... tough question. I really don't think so. Yeah, but the thing is, dude, this is a league where two years ago, Tyrod Taylor was starting, right? This is a league where fucking Davis Mills came into a season as a starter, right? It's like... I I think think the two two places that I see Jimmy G going to are just the two teams that are just constantly stuck in purgatory in the terms of... Indianapolis Colts or the Washington Commanders, where it's just like, oh, we tried this quarterback. We have a decent team. Let's try this one. And every year it just fails. Um, so I could see him playing for those two teams, but I don't think it's going to be, it's not going to be pretty. Like you're not going to get a lot of fantasy points. Dude, the, Jimmy G is too good to be a backup, but he's nowhere near good enough to be a starter. So he's going to the Carolina Panthers, right? Oh, got it. (laughs) Oh, well, Indy it is. (laughs) Jimmy G is a bus driver. Agreed. Um, All right. Uh, Now we'll wrap it up. Um, Thank you, everyone, for listening, watching, subscribing, whatever. We really appreciate it. It's very nice of you folks. Um, 
So thank you guys. Thanks guys.